0: Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46, um, page 914. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, He began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed Then he said to them My soul is swallowed up in sorrow To the point of death Remain here and stay awake with me Going a little farther He fell down and prayed My father, if it is possible Let this cup pass from me Yet not as I will But as you will Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the time is near. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near.
1: Okay. Good morning, church. Nice to see you. My name is Paul. I haven't met you. Um, we've just finished our sermon series in the book of Daniel, and we're about to start our sermon series in Sermon on the Mount uh, the week after next. So we've got these two weeks. Next week is Mission Focus Sunday. Uh, today we're doing a one-off sermon. Our theme for the year is the year of prayer. As we've talked about these amazing prayers in the Bible, one theme that's come through again and again and again is, well, what about when God doesn't answer my prayers? What about when God is silent? So I'm going to tackle that question this morning, when God seems silent. I don't know whether you've ever had that experience. You've been praying for something and asking God for something and pleading for something, but he just doesn't seem to be listening. It was 18 years ago, almost this week actually, I was working at a church in London in Hampstead and we got a diagnosis that a member of our church, who was only in her 30s, was diagnosed with cancer. And so we gathered and we prayed. As a church, we gathered together and we prayed and we laid hands and we anointed with oil and we pleaded with God. But God didn't seem to listen. Uh, She was told that she had 12 months to live. She was the most godly, ministry-minded woman in that church, and God was using her mightily to spread the gospel. What are you doing, God? And so we prayed, and we prayed for a miracle, and then we prayed that if she had 12 months to live, then God would use that 12 months powerfully for the kingdom. But God didn't seem to listen. She died 12 weeks later. And I remember thinking, God, what are you doing I was angry, I was frustrated, I was discouraged, I was disappointed. What's the point of praying, God? Don't you listen to me. I was talking to a lady at this church two weeks ago, and she was telling me that she'd been praying for her son to become a Christian for 22 years. Brought up in church, been to kids' church, done the youth group, done the Katoomba conventions, led on youth groups, walked away from Christ, And day after day after day and week after week she's praying for her son to come back to the Lord. And I'm paraphrasing but she said to me it seems like the more I pray for him the further away from Jesus he gets. Ever had that experience of praying for something and God doesn't answer or in fact he gives you the opposite? You're praying for healing and he makes you sicker. You're praying for a job and you never get it. You're praying to resist temptation, but it's more in your face. If you have experienced that, you're not alone. I think every Christian has experienced this kind of unanswered prayer. It's made worse, though, so when you read your Bible and you read Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus says, you know, ask, and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be answered. You're thinking, Lord, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, but you're not listening, God. God. Or you read John chapter 14, verse 14, where it says, ask whatever you want in my name, and I'll, I'll give it to you. You're saying, God, I'm asking, but you're not giving it. So what do you do in those moments when God seems silent? I'm not talking this morning about prayerlessness. I'm not talking about when we can't be bothered to pray. Someone said this, most prayers remain unanswered because they remain unasked. The prayer and the burden remains in our heads, but we never bother to offer it up to the Lord in prayer. Now I know that's true for me. I think of something that I should pray for and I carry that burden around, but I don't actually spend time with my Lord offering it to Him in prayer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we spend time day after day, week after week, night after night, fervently and faithfully praying for something and God just seem silent. And that can be really, really hard. I was chatting to someone after our monthly prayer meeting last month. And one of the highlights for me of our central prayer meetings is that time when we share answered prayer. If you've never come, we have a moment where we just stand up and share the way that God has answered our prayer over the last month. It's, it's amazing. God has made an amazing, miraculous answers to prayers. And I always leave feeling encouraged and inspired, but this person said it's the exact opposite because their prayers never seem to be answered. And they leave discouraged and disappointed with God. It's now almost two years, actually, since when Rachel was in the hospital for a long period of time. That's, that's almost two years ago. So my wife was in the hospital for a long period of time, and uh, the highlight almost of our day was sneaking out of the ward later at night to go to the vending machine and putting your money to get your dairy milk chocolates. And and it's, it's beautiful, you know, sneaking out for the date for the dairy milk chocolate. I just remember sort of the occasion you put your money in, a, in the vending machine and, and nothing comes out. Have you ever had that experience? And you're pushing the button harder and harder and harder. Come on. Even worse is when you push for the dairy milk and you get a cherry rot, that's even worse, you know, but I've watched people at that vending machine shouting at the vending machine, and kicking the vending machine, and getting mad at this machine, and that is what we do with God, isn't it? When God seems silent, we sort of shout a bit louder, we push a bit harder, try and manipulate him, maybe shed some tears until we can twist his arm to give him what we want, Psalm 22, verse 2 says, My God, I cry by day, but you don't answer. By night, but I have no rest. And that is the, the psalm that Jesus quoted at the cross. My God, I cry by day, but you don't answer me. And by night, but I have no rest. If you're resonating, you're not the first person in the world to feel as though God is silent. And that's kind of encouraging, It's encouraging to know the Bible is full of stories of men and women who cried out to God and God didn't seem to listen. But it's one thing to know about other people, but when it's you personally, that's when it really, really hurts, isn't it? Let's ground this in reality. Let's ground this sermon in reality. What is the prayer that you are praying right now, or you prayed in the past, and you pleaded with God again and again and again and again and again, but he just hasn't answered you? What's that one prayer that you just long for God to answer? How did you respond? Here are some wrong responses when God seems silent. They're up on the screen. Please don't think that God is punishing you. Please never think if God seems silent, you must have done something so awfully bad in your life that God's withholding this as some form of punishment. That is not Christianity. Christianity. Our God doesn't work like that. If you think that God is punishing you by not answering your prayers, you've got a wrong view of the cross of Christ, haven't you? As far as the east is from the west, so far as He you remove your sins from you. Please don't think that God is punishing you. Please don't think that God is not powerful. Please don't think that God can't answer your prayers. Of course he can. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, To him who is able or powerful to do above and beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory. That God, at at a click of his fingers, could answer the most profound prayer. So please don't question God's power. Please don't question his care. Please don't think God doesn't care for you. If you think that God doesn't care for you because he seems to be silent, can I suggest that you are listening to the lies of the devil? And know that your God cares for you. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says, The Lord is good. He cares for those who take refuge in him. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You've got to believe God is a God who cares deeply. If you've got an earthly father, an earthly father doesn't give his earthly child everything that he demands or she demands. Sometimes he cares so much for that child, he doesn't give them what they want. Uh, And please don't think that God hasn't heard you. Do you remember the Israelites back in Egypt? When they were being treated harshly by the Egyptians and they cried out to God. But God didn't seem to answer. But the Bible says that God heard their groanings. God heard it. It's not, it's not like God had missed the memo or God hadn't checked his inbox. So God has heard your cries. He's just choosing not to answer them at the moment. Or do you remember when we looked at Elijah's prayer back in January? The prophets of the bars were shouting louder and louder and louder. Sometimes you do that with God. You think he hasn't heard you and so you just shout more and more and more. God hears. And please don't think God is not good. Please don't think that your God is the God of the what I call the snakes and the stones. Remember that from Matthew chapter 7? Like what father, if he asks and asks for some bread, gives him some stone, or asks for fish, gives him snake. How much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask? You've got to believe God is always good. You are good, it says. Everything you do is good. See, the problem with God seeming to be silent is it can... It can give you a wrong view of your God. You can start to think, God doesn't care. God doesn't hear. God isn't powerful. God is unkind. Please don't think that. So why would God seem to be silent? I'll give you three possible reasons. Number one, sometimes, God's, sometimes God does say No. Sometimes God says no to your prayers. It may not be the answer that you want, but no is still an answer, isn't it? You can't say God is silent when his answer is no. He's given you the answer, but the answer is no. Now, if the request is wrong, God will say no, because sometimes we ask for really stupid things, silly things. Do you remember when Peter, James, and John went up the mountain and saw the transfigured Lord Jesus? Do you remember what they asked Jesus? Let's build these tents so we can stay here forever. And, and, and Jesus said, no, it's a stupid request. You've got work to do on earth. And when they said, oh, can we sit at your right hand or your left hand? He said, no, of course you can't do that. And sometimes we do ask God for stupid things. Sometimes we even ask God for sinful things. If the request is wrong, God will say no. Of course, He will. If the request is not for our best, God will also say no. Now, writing this sermon, I was looking back over things that I'd prayed for over the last sort of 10, 20 years. I think I'm so glad God said no to some of those things. I was uh, praying for a job down in a church in Brighton. This was, what, 17 years ago? I thought, this is a perfect job in a perfect church. God, I want that job. Please give me that job. And I was shortlisted. I got to the final two, and then God said no. And I was pretty angry with God. If God had said yes to that, I would not be here in Australia today. Looking back, I'm thankful he said no to that. I was in a relationship 20 years ago. I thought, I want to marry this girl. And I'm thankful that God said no to that. I'm thankful that God brought Rachel into my life 10 years ago. But sometimes God does say no. Don't know why sometimes. Please don't mishear me. I'm not saying we know why God says no. Sometimes we spend years and years, and sometimes we never find out why. Please don't let anyone tell you you always know the why. Sometimes you don't. But sometimes God does say no. Sometimes God says no to protect us, you know there's a lady again at my church in Hampstead who got angry with God because she's sitting on a bus and she's on a bus to the train station and she needs to catch this train to get to her interview for a new job and she's on the M25 and there's traffic and she's stuck on this bus and she's saying, Lord, get me to that train on time, please. And the bus drives up to the train station one minute after her train had left and she gets so angry at God. It was that same train that derailed 20 minutes later. And then she says, thank you, God. Thank you, God, I didn't get on that train. Sometimes God does say no. And please be encouraged, God has said no to lots of people. You know, the Apostle Paul that we elevate as this great hero of the faith, this great man of prayer, God said no to him. 2 Corinthians 12, concerning the thorn in his flesh, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away, but God said no. No, I will not take it away, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that sometimes God can do more in and through you by not answering your prayers your way? Sometimes his no is better than his yes. Do you really believe that? And sometimes it's not according to God's will. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That we can never persuade God to do something against his will. And the problem is that we sometimes don't know what God's will is. So sometimes the answer is no, you might not like that. But it's still an answer from God. Remember when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? Even God the Son asked a prayer that God said no to. If it is possible, take this cup from me. God, I do not want to suffer like this. I don't want to drink the cup of your wrath. Please, God, change the way. And God says, no. You're going to drink the cup. That's my plan for your life. Someone said this. No is not a rejection from God. It's a redirection from him. That might be helpful for you. God's plan, God's path for your life. You would never choose it, but you've got to trust him in it. me read a poem written by a, a war veteran. I ask God for strength that I might achieve. God made me weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I ask God for health that I might do great things. God gave me infirmity that I might do better things I asked God for riches that I might be happy I was given poverty so I might be wise I asked God for power that I might have the praise of men I was given weakness that I might feel the need for my God I asked for all things that I might enjoy life I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for, but I got everything I'd hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I I am among men most richly blessed. So sometimes God might say no. Number two, sometimes God says slow or wait. Wait. That God doesn't always answer your prayers, your timing your way. You've got to believe God is infinitely wise, He knows everything, His ways are perfect, His timing is perfect. And sometimes He will wait to answer your prayer. Let's go back to the Egyptians. Exodus two, they prayed this or said this. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labour and they cried out, and their cry was heard. It ascended to God because of the difficult labor. God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the Israelites and he took notice. Isn't that a beautiful verse? God heard. God saw. But did God answer immediately? It was 12 chapters later in Exodus chapter 14 that God finally delivers his people. God had already heard their prayer the moment they asked it. He'd already prepared the deliver in Moses a chapter before. But God makes his people wait and wait and wait. And actually things got worse, didn't they? When Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, Pharaoh did not say, oh, that's a great idea. I'm so sorry for all the injustice I've done to your people. He said, no. And what did God do? He brought plague after plague after plague and then the firstborn of the son was killed and then he took them to the Red Sea and they think that God has delivered them. They turn around and they see the army chasing after them. It's almost like God made them wait to the the final and the worst moment before he actually bothered to answer their prayer. And again, I don't know why God did that. I don't know why God didn't answer their prayers immediately back in Exodus chapter 2. But sometimes God makes us wait. I love this quote. Prayer doesn't normally send an arrow straight to the target, it normally shoots an arrow that curves and ricochets and even appears to fall short. Ever had that experience where your prayer seems to be answered a roundabout way that you never planned? Friends in the UK have been trying to sell their house for three years. They've had four people about to sign the contract and each time that contract has not been signed, they're thinking, Lord, what are you doing here? What the Lord has done through that is brought them back to faith, actually. He's brought them to church. And they've rekindled their trust in the Lord. When we were preaching through the book of Daniel, I love Daniel 9 verse 23 when it said Daniel, the moment that you prayed your prayer, the Lord answered. But he was made to wait for the answer. If the time is wrong God will just say slow, you've got to wait. And please remember that God does see a bigger picture here. Do you remember when Paul wanted to go into Asia and that door was closed And God's answer was to go to Philippi. That was God's plan to go to Philippi, not to Asia where Paul wanted to go. You probably never heard of the man Bob Mitchell, have you? Anyone heard of a man called Bob Mitchell? Bob Mitchell was the prayer warrior friend of Jim Elliot. So Bob Mitchell was Jim's kind of mentor, if you want. And he prayed and prayed and prayed for the gospel to go out into South America, into the Orca Indian tribe. And he prayed and prayed as his missions went off to take the gospel. And the answer to that prayer was what? The death of Jim Elliot? That seems a pretty awful answer to prayer, isn't it? How's the gospel going to grow through that? But Bob Mitchell was at a conference in Europe five years after Jim Elliot died. And this man stood up to speak and gave his testimony. And this man in his testimony shared how he'd become a Christian through the missionary work of Jim Elliot. He was an Orca Indian. And now his life was dedicated to preaching the gospel all around the world. And he shares story after story after story how, 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 how through his conversion, many of the Indians had come to faith. Now, I don't know why God allowed Jim Elliot to die. But I know that through his death, many, many, many Christians have been encouraged and many have come to faith. It's like the story of the unknown Christian man in the U.S. who had nothing and was volunteering for his church. And he was packing boxes of books to send to an orphanage in Indonesia. Spends a whole day packing boxes of books, goes home that night and can't find his glasses. He's like, Lord, what are you doing? We can't afford to buy any glasses. And he suddenly realizes that the glasses must have dropped into the box of books whilst he was packing them. Rushes back to church, finds the box has already been sent. Lord, what are you doing? Why would you take my spectacles from me? Four years later, the pastor from Indonesia comes to their church to thank them for the box of books they, they sent. And the pastor stands up and says, it was a miracle really because I, I was losing my eyesight. And I had no money for spectacles and I couldn't preach. And I opened the box and there's this pair of glasses on top. And they were, all, they were like, the, like, like the perfect fit for me, he said. And I put on the glasses and, and the Lord enabled me to preach the gospel. And the church has grown. And this man is sitting there thinking, okay, I hate the fact that God took my glasses. But wow, a bigger picture was there. So sometimes God will say, look, I'm at work in different ways. So wait, wait on me. And I reckon if God answered all our prayers in our timing, exactly the way that we wanted, we would trust in ourselves and the power of our prayers rather than our God. So sometimes God says no, sometimes God says slow, sometimes God says grow. Sometimes God has got some serious work to do in our own lives. Before he answers the prayers. Don't mishear me here. I'm not saying that your prayers have not been answered because you've got the issues. But I am saying that sometimes God causes you to grow through your unanswered prayers. James 4 says this You do not have because you don't ask you ask but you don't receive because you ask with all the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your evil desires. There are sometimes that we pray some prayers where our motives are all wrong. It's all about me and self and what I want. Jonathan Edwards said this, often when people pray for temporal good things, they desire them for no good end. But only to gratify their pride or sensuality. How can God answer such prayers? Often we don't pray things for God's glory. We pray for self. And the Bible does say the prayer of the righteous person is heard. But sometimes we're not righteous. And God needs to do a work in us to make us more righteous. And this is a tricky bit. That sometimes, often actually, the way that God builds our character is through suffering. We learn many things in the sunlight, but we grow best in the darkness. I love that quote. We grow best in the darkness. Uh, Malcolm Muggeridge said this. As an old man looking back on one's life, it's one of the things that strikes you most. that the only thing that's taught me anything is my suffering. Not success, not happiness, not anything like that. The only thing that really teaches one What life is all about is through the sufferings and afflictions I've gone through. See, sometimes when God seems silent, he's actually doing a good work in us, changing us, and making us more like Christ. So sometimes God says no, sometimes God says slow, sometimes God says grow. But you know what? So many times God just says yeah. And I find that utterly amazing. The creator of this universe should bother to answer any of our prayers. You have experienced that you've prayed something and and God has almost immediately said yes to it. At our pre-service prayer meeting before 7 p.m., I can guarantee every week we pray for somebody who hasn't seen at church for four to six weeks. I can guarantee the moment I walk out of that prayer meeting, the second person I bump into is the person I've just prayed for. Our God is good, our God is powerful, our God is amazing. The fact that our Heavenly Father answers any of our prayers is utterly extraordinary. So the problem is if we only think that God is amazing and we only think that God is powerful and we only think that God is good when he answers us in the exact way and the time that we want, then God really does become like that vending machine. And if we just measure our relationship with God and his care for us as to whether he gives us what we want... We haven't understood this idea of a heavenly father. We're about to, to look at Sermon on the Mount, and the big theme of Sermon on the Mount is God being our heavenly father. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Your heavenly father provides. Your heavenly father protects. Your heavenly father cares. Your heavenly father is good. So you've got to get your, your view of God right. So sometimes God says no. Sometimes he says slow. Sometimes he says grow. Sometimes he says yes. That's amazing. But let's come back to our problem. What do you do? How do you handle it when God seems silent? Four quick things. Keep being honest. Keep reading the Psalms. Psalm 22, verse 2. My God, I cry by day, but you don't answer. It's okay to say that to God. Be honest with God to admit your disappointment and your frustration and your doubt and your sorrow and your hurt. Pour it all out to God. Pour out your heart to Him. Keep trusting Him. There's an important word in Psalm 22 My God. My God, I cry out by day. He doesn't say God, He says, My God. Keep trusting that your God is still your God and He does care. He is your Heavenly Father. And you don't understand why. But you're going to keep drawing close to Him. Keep on praying. Now rejoice always, pray continually. Let me just say on that, there'll be moments in your Christian life when you are so hurt and so disappointed and so discouraged that you cannot pray. And at those times, you need your church family around you, don't you? To almost carry you through prayer, to pray with you in those moments where you don't want to pray or you can't pray. But please keep on praying to God, not so he changes his mind, but so that you draw closer to him. But sometimes just letting God say no. Let him say no. Remembering that he's always at work in a million different ways that we can't see. I hope that answer's not trite. I know that unanswered prayer is hurtful and disappointing and discouraging and you feel like you're despairing but God is never silent. Just because he doesn't give you the answer that you want, it doesn't mean he's silent. If you want to pray this morning, I'm going to be at the front over here. If you want to talk about anything, I'm going to be at the front here. I'd love to pray or talk with you. I thought I'd finish by reading a poem written by a pastor in the 1930s this was written by a pastor whose, whose wife died in childbirth. And he read this at the funeral. It's called, He Maketh No Mistake. It's on the screen. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, my hopes may fade away, but still I trust my Lord to lead, for He doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him. He maketh no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight's far too dim. But come what may. I simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift, and plain it all he'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, he made not one mistake. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who does care, who hears, who is able to Your God who doesn't punish us. Your God who gives us good things. And Lord, when we cry out to you and it seems like you're silent, Lord, would you help us to understand that, uh, to draw close to you and to keep on depending on you? Surround us with people who can love and care for us well as we go through our discouragements and our hurts. But thank you, Lord, that you do hear and you do listen. And you're not silent. In Jesus' name.